0: Welcome to Farming Eternal, an eternal podcast for farmers, hosted by me, Padamaro, and Hats Online. It's episode 120. For those of you tuning in for the first time, we are a draft-focused podcast. Our goal is to help you and me, mostly me, get better at draft. We get into the nitty-gritty of the drafting process with a little meta-analysis and play tips thrown in. This week, we have the Overmaster back on, now, world champion. He's here to spill the beans on all of Team Barbarian Camp's draft secrets the upcoming draft open so welcome Theo uh, hey uh,
1: we're gonna try to like uh, not spoil too too much but I don't think there's that much to spoil that's the thing we haven't done that much drafting as a team yet so um, w- what I have is mostly what I have and, and a couple of drafts I've done with the with the team as well like a couple of them but it's 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 we're still early days um when when is the the open and like is it this weekend or next weekend
0: i honestly have no idea um I, I i think it's next weekend i i know they put out the announcement article um yesterday i think and it was a bit controversial because it was very unclearly worded um, yeah about the form.
2: so
1: um, i still don't know um if it's going to be two drafts at seven seven games each or uh or a single draft of 14 games. I would imagine it's a single draft. It's two drafts, but um, it was just worded poorly.
0: Yes, I think um, they updated the language in the draft announcement, and it seems much more clearly pointed towards uh, one draft of 14 games. Oh. Uh, Yeah, which was very surprising to me, because I was... I definitely uh, both assumed and wanted uh, it to be closer to the old format where, uh, like a hybrid of the old format and the new format, where you did two drafts of seven games for your 14-game run, and then uh, sort of like the, the new format for Constructed, uh, your goal is to go uh, 10 wins or more, so 10, 10 and 4 or better. Um and I was hoping that would be split up into two runs, but it seems like it's only split up into one 14-game run with a single deck. Um, and then you get two tries at it, so you can draft okay. two
1: different decks. hope to clarify that, because that just it seems a lot worse. <laughs> That's SSL. <this> yeah. <laughs> you know... I, uh, it, it's just... It, I I understand you're going to be able to get because you draft it you you're drafting and you get get the cards you you, you get to keep those cards right so um that that means less money for them quote unquote uh, t- technically um if if you want to consider that a thing but um I just find draft uh the draft system way more fun because you get to play more than one deck in, in in a single run, um, whereas in constructed um, you you don't you don't do that. You have to, you when you play a deck you, um you play the entire the entire run with the same deck, which is sort of boring. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, I think one of the things that people love about draft is is the variety, and this sort of narrows the variety because you're only getting one deck. So this is like much more like league <laughs> almost. Except you're drafting your deck, you're just playing a ton of games with a single deck, um, so it's a bit of a disincentive for me to play because I don't really have any like true competitive aspirations. I just like enjoy participating in the draft opens, but i I would say my desire to play fourteen games with a single deck is is pretty low,
1: yeah, for me, um I was considering taking taking a break in one of these opens um because i've been having uh some you know some anxiety issues and whatnot uh, related related or not related to to the uh to the opens right and to to being highly competitive right but like this seems more and more like maybe this is the time to take the break right because um I I was considering taking a break after this one but like it, in terms of uh, when I'm going to take a break like I didn't want to take a break for the draft open because drafting is more fun it's, it's it's great you get to play a bunch of different decks you get to draft a whole 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 you get to uh, you know to build some synergies as you go it's 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 a good time but uh that's kind of a disappointment if that's the true if that's the true nature maybe they maybe if we uh if we give enough backlash, uh, <laughs> they'll they'll switch it back. Who knows?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if they'll be able to get that done in time for this one. I do hope that they do that for, um, you know, for the future draft opens. Because, like, they have changed things. You know, like, for example, for, for the first open or the first two opens of, of last season, it was phantom draft. And I think there was enough pushback by the community that they made it um not Phantom for at least the last one. And I, I'm hoping the same thing happens for this one. Yeah, Colacoma uh in the main Discord had a pretty interesting point that maybe like the technology just isn't there because you know with the previous opens you did like four separate events. Um and then that's how you got your total twenty eight games. And so maybe there was just no way they they just weren't able to do like um, two drafts in a single event and they weren't able to like, you know, because one, one run is 14 games. So maybe they, you know, weren't able to technologically do that just yet.
1: I don't see a difference between the two structures in terms of tournaments because uh, it was, it was still one run of 28 games.
0: Yes, but you had to like do a whole, you know, you you went to a new event screen for each run and you bought in. So you didn't like buy into one of them and do four drafts. You would like do your seven runs, the event would end and then you would do another event and then they would just add them all up to your, your, the four runs up. And so maybe there was no way to to divide it so that you can do two runs as one, you know, as one thing and then two runs as a separate thing.
1: I don't know. That would have been some convoluted code that uh that you wouldn't be able to split it up like that. But uh maybe maybe that's yeah. the reason why.
2: Um, but I
0: agree. I think this is something that if uh, if the listeners feel strongly about maybe sending some feedback to Direwolf about, you know, what what you like about Draft and how what format you would prefer in the future. Feedback,
1: suggestion. No. <laughs> I won't do that straight away right now, but I'll do it later on.
0: But yeah, that's the introduction to the podcast. So, we'll just quickly go through, uh, plug in the Patreon here. Uh, you can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash farmingeternal, where you can help support the show for as little as a dollar a month. You get a few perks.
2: A shout out on the show. Uh, so, thank you to Ddubs, John, Demo, Steve Irwin, Cotillion, Loki Trickster, Mercurial Blue, Abednego, Meagles, Madness, Darth Herman, Twin Hex, Jed the Hamrid, Raven Dragon, Esrit 0215 sunblaze worked on sun and yisto okay well that's weird i had a uh, bluetooth headphones on okay and then they shut off and then that's when you said they just like depowered and then that's when you said the mic got better
1: okay so there's an echo now a little bit because the bluetooth
2: headphone is off yeah okay here let me i'm gonna try to grab one a different pair i'm gonna try to find a a pluggable you know uh headphones,
0: headphones. with a plug Yeah. And see if that works. We are back with a new set of headphones, hopefully better mic quality than the start of
2: the show. If that sounds like crap, I apologize. But let's move on with the show. So have you done uh, many drafts uh, uh, this week or the last few weeks, Theo, in this new format?
1: I've done a couple. I've also seen a bunch of drafts as well um, from like Rafa and my collector and stuff. Uh, So I have some idea of the way the format's going, but... uh, I'm I'm still not masters yet, notably, even though I probably should have been by now. <laughs> even <laughs> even uh even though I've done you know a low amount of drafts, I think I've done enough where I should have been masters. But we uh felt a little uncomfortable.
2: Yeah, been, well, it's, it's you know, out. sometimes that diamond grind can be tough.
1: <laughs> I have a current draft open, has a good old uh, three uh, invoke cards, Solanog icy hold and sweet dreams even got the good ones
2: yeah i had a i had maybe one of my <laughs> my great, greatest draft uh games ever against uh, actually one of your teammates a rank and i guess uh, afterwards they said that i i broke their 23 and 0 uh record that they were streak that they were on that deck had five invoke cards it was a four color deck i had uh Uh, The the Rakana one. It's the the four-cost Rakana one that uh, gives you plus one in quick draw and life steal. And then I had three Midnight Disappearance, and I had a Kyriox Hunt. And I got to play all five Invoke cards that game. Jeez. And by the end of the game, I was just playing uh, Tempo uh, Midnight Disappearances. (laughs) it was it was incredible it was like when was this a day or two ago because
1: usually Um, a rank posts uh some of his drafts so in our in our discord um mm -hmm. i'm not going to reveal anything or anything like that but uh i mean it's probably okay but um it's just uh I I can't see any of it. So he didn't even brag about his 23 and 0 record. He didn't even brag about that?
2: Oh, what a guy. Yeah, so on to my broader uh draft week. I've been having a pretty good uh month so far. I'm actually currently ranked 3 um and which is by far the highest I've ever been and it's been a sustained thing. I I figured I would peak early in the season and then just play myself out of the top ranks but that has not happened but kind of related to the to the streak that a rank was talking about where they said they they had won a ridiculous amount of games in a row and I like since getting ranked in the in top five like I had a a really good first week I got masters in I think six drafts I was like doing really well I got to rank five pretty early in the season when there weren't a ton of people and then had been pretty middling after uh, since then probably winning like on average five wins maybe even slightly less than that but like for some reason keeping my pretty high ranking so I feel like I don't understand the ranking system at all because like a rank was number one for a while this month and was on this like ridiculous win streak but then like yesterday I checked the rankings and they were behind me and so but I haven't I don't I don't even think I had a seven win draft in between then like I just like have had some like four threes and five threes or whatever so like I don't understand how they could do so well and then suddenly like lose a bunch of places while like I keep playing. I like start at rank 5. I play a few games, <laughs> lose ranks, and then I go to bed and then I've gained my ranks again. So this whole ranking system is very confusing to me.
1: In general, I think if you get get there early on in the month, you're generally set for like a very long time period in the, in the month if uh, you're if you're not losing that much more than than you're winning, right? But um yeah. But also, a rank hasn't been doing as well as of late, so that could be a, a, a definite thing. Like I think they had they had another seven win draft, but they also went like one three or something and like a three three or something. I the, I I can't remember exactly what it is. Like I'd have to check our our Discord. But um yeah. yeah, the the they haven't been doing as well. Like let's say in the last like day or two, right. Uh, so, uh, there the, the, uh, there you go. Right. Maybe it's just that they've. They've actually lost
2: a bunch too, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's been very, it's been a, a very confusing time for me. I'm I'm very uncomfortable <laughs> doing well at draft. So it like I continue to feel like I have no idea what I'm doing, nor am particularly good at the game so then i i just get i have this like huge cognitive dissonance when my draft rank is high and then it just makes it actually harder for me to play because I, I just get stressed about it i mean to be fair draft is hard so everyone
1: kind of sucks a little bit at it right yeah like i've been doing pretty poorly in draft and uh that was my uh i i won a draft open right so like it's like um i don't know uh, I, I I feel like I haven't really peaked in this format either, right? Like and we're, we're we're still learning stuff as we go. like the the thing is is that I have put a, probably too much emphasis last draft a uh, last uh, draft format on doing the four faction thing, so I sort of have to like straighten myself out. It's still possible to do it, but uh um, and in fact, I think you can be very successful at doing it, but I think that it is less powerful in this format because you don't have a direction. When you go um, in the first pack, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have a direction. If you if you get like an icy hold and sweet dreams and whatnot, right? Like um, the stolen augment, and, and you get some of these invoke cards. Like in general, you can and and especially since in general the um, the packs two and three are, are more powerful than packs one and four. Like in general, you can find your direction. A lot easier and and build your fixing around it in, in the previous format, but you can't do that nearly as well in this format so um and like the last the last pack you're not like in in the previous format like you could you could um draft like a couple of early cards in pack four and then draft some uh some inscribed cards around that whereas you can't do that here you you have to be pretty you have to have all your inscribed cards set by pack obviously by you, you don't get a uh, you don't get any of scribe cards in pack four, so the it, it's it's just it's a much different um, looking style of draft. If you're gonna go with anything uh anything crazy like four faction, it's still possible. Like I I've, I've done it. In fact, I think honestly I've had slightly more success with the four faction stuff. Um,
2: <laughs> than yeah no, that's been my experience too. Actually, I've had this month more success with these like (laughs) sort of ridiculous looking decks than i have had with uh with the two faction decks and i i think part of it is you do have to draft them differently than you did previously because like you mentioned the draft pack order is changed but i i do think there is like a sort of a, a a a story where it makes sense to draft these four faction decks where you kind of make it through pack one just like with a couple good cards in a few different colors because you're just like taking the best cards you know we talked a little bit about this i talked about this with a, a gunner uh when he was on uh two episodes or last episode and where you just like end up out a pack one with like three four five factions uh, of different cards um with just like a A powerful card in each color or something and then in pack two you just and three you just really emphasize on taking like the powerful invokes the powerful um inscribe cards and then maybe some bombs and then um you know and then pack four man pack four can just be totally random again like i've had i've had some issues where i'm in like a two color Mm -hmm. deck and then i'm just like i just need to get anything in pack four and then pack four just gives me nothing and it like train i'm just like just like a playable two or three drop will, will be like the finishing touch on this deck and then pack four is just like nothing in there and so i've had sort of drafts train wreck because of that when i'm in two colors while when you're in like four colors it's it's almost easier to pick up like a random good card in pack four to finish off your deck.
1: Yeah, so I think that um, they need to really look at uh, how they're um, they're building their their draft packs. I think they need to be more powerful relative. To the, they need to be more equivalent in power level to the uh, the primary card packs. It's one of the things that I I I think that they should just do away with draft packs. To be honest, I think that it should be. Um one, set, um, one set, maybe two sets, uh, of a draft format. And I understand people won't be able to build collections like this. It's 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 much more difficult to build collections. But the draft format itself would be much better because you can actually, you know, put inbuilt synergies into the format. And we wouldn't have these these formats where where it's basically oh uh, these mid range soup formats. I mean, it, it'll probably in general be mid range soup formats most of the time anyway. But like there's there's it's almost like there are no synergies right like yes there's like if you draft towards a synergy you are literally losing value and i think that's not how like in general a card game should be i think a card game where you just play good cards on curve is more boring than a than a card game where two cards interact with each other in some way right I, yes. ju- I just think, and I, I don't want like a combo deck or something like that in the format, like you know, where two cards instantly win the game. But when two cards have texts that interact favorably with one another, the the games play so much better, right? The games play so much better. And the current the current format certainly did that. Did not do that. The previous format didn't do that. In fact, the the open format that I won was not that either. <laughs> it was it wasn't it wasn't very. Uh, it wasn't very sy- synergy heavy, right? There was almost yeah. no synergies, and it yeah. hasn't been like that for a while, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, I, I agree that the way they currently do it makes certain synergies really difficult, especially because they keep putting these like synergies that work with the new mechanics together. I think last format was a great example with like the stealth mechanic, and then there's like uh, stealth matters cards, like rooted observer. And then, you know, so like it's like an A, B mechanic, but both A and B are only in the current set, which makes it really hard to draft around. You know, like you kind of get their last format with like Rooted Observer and then some stealth cards or some other stealth matter cards. But that's only because there were so many stealth cards. It makes it really hard to add those kind of synergies into a format when you have this, you know, set newest set draft pack draft pack newest set or or however you do it so i i do think that is one flaw to the current system i mean the i think for me though the main problem really is that they have these multiple um these multiple weightings uh beyond just x1 and x a billion uh, which is kind of what i i wish they would do to make a really curated experience um now they have, like, mm-hmm. X18, X9, X6, X3, X1, and it's just, like, very...
1: I, I, I don't even look at it. I don't even look at it because I just get confused all, all the time with it. I'm not going to remember it, right? I'm yeah. not going to remember it beyond, like... Uh, the, the only, I guess I could maybe l- take a look at it right before the open or things like this, right? Like, if I'm practicing directly for for the open but in terms of like actually like inter actually looking at it like uh, during normal drafting periods like no i i i just get way too uh, too confused by it right and i think that in general what's going to happen for a lot of people is that they're not going to look at the the weightings and because it very rarely matters right Yes, and uh and it's just confusing. I think one thing that is good about the format, or, or good about it, is that it's less confusing. For example, like if they if they curated a different expedition experience versus um, versus drafting, that would be probably too confusing, right? Yeah. Also, you wouldn't be able to draft and build up your collection for expedition as as well. So yeah. th- that's the reason why. But I think that it leads to a worse draft experience, which yeah. is unfortunate. Yeah. yeah
2: you, you know, it's, I, I, I think that the tying together of expedition and draft is, is not that important. Like, I don't mind that they're tied together because, like, adding a bunch of random commons to the expedition format doesn't affect the expedition format at all. It's, it's just like, the weird, it it, it it does you think or it does
1: Oh yeah, I mean there's some like for example suffocate was added to the format. You have no idea how much suffocate actually affected uh affected the the expedition format, but like the Magna Ventress is a terror before suffocate was put in and still is a terror to be honest, but um less of a terror. Yeah. for Example, like and what other cards were added um recently like eight of the her well i mean that's not a common or uncommon but like
2: yes yeah no I, I i agree i guess it is true that it it doesn't have no effect um but like they didn't add i feel like they added suffocate not for draft but for expedition and like yeah <laughs> and Indeed. cards like that, you know, like with the current system, you can just make suffocate a a 1x boosted card and then you essentially never see it in draft. Um and so it's 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 not that big of a deal in my mind. I think the problem is they just boost too many cards. Because, you know, when I when I reviewed, we reviewed the list with uh, Gunner um, in the last episode and I was like, oh, wow, it's like surprising to me because they added a bunch of really good comments in especially time and shadow, but in, in all the colors. And and so I was like, oh, the draft packs don't seem that bad. But then you like you, <laughs> you draft and you're like, wow, these draft packs are really bad. And it, and what and part of the problem is there's just so many boosted commons that it like dilutes the pool. So you just don't see the good ones very often because you also have cards like accelerate um and stuff boosted. That's, and so uh, why is that card boosted? It, it's it's max boosted. It's an 18x card. <laughs> and it's it should never go in any deck. Or like their favorite card to boost is uh helpful doorbot, it's like boosted every draft format for some reason, and it's it doesn't synergize with anything, it's never synergized with anything in any of the draft formats. It's like it's just this weird thing they do, and so like right now, there's like 20 different commons in the draft box that are boosted at different different rates like I'm um, and by that I mean like not 1x there's a ton of 1x commons that we're not even talking about but just like at random like 3, 3x three 9x 18x there's just so many and so it just dilutes the whole pool and it makes it even harder to for them to curate like uh, you know for them to curate an, an environment or experience but well, I mean,
1: what's one thing that one thing they should do is, um, at the very least, is put the weightings in client. Yeah, that that would help out a lot. Uh, I, I agree. Even while you're drafting, even while you're drafting, um, potentially, right? It's like yes. this is weighted weighted at this, right? Um, like you could have it like as you scroll through, or when you when you look through look through like when you're actually drafting, that 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 would help out a lot. Um you yes. don't have to refer to something and that would really help out for example mobile players for sure at the very least right yes. um because then like you're you're never going to be able to do that
2: on mobile yeah um so so my my hopes are <laughs> dreams are either that they like stop boosting as many cards and just like simplify the draft packs a lot so that you know because like if you look at set 12 each color only has, um, like eight to 10 commons or something. And then you get to the draft packs and each color has like 20 different commons. And so it, it, it makes it, and some of them are really bad and some of them are really good. So there's a huge disparity in power level too. Um, and so s- simplify the draft packs a little bit and make fewer cards boosted. And so that then you have, can have a better expectation of like, what you, what you will see or kind of do what you, I think you mentioned, which I think would be the, <laughs> the coolest idea, but maybe uh, non-drafters wouldn't like it as much, but kind of do what they do sometimes when they have those uh, preview formats uh, where they add like cards for the upcoming set. And then it's just like four X of, of a curated pack that includes like, you know, like now, if you just like picked really, uh, you know, you 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 draft four x draft packs that include all of set twelve is kind of like would be my idea my ideal form. So you have set twelve, and then you just add some cards in there that synergize uh, um, with the set twelve cards, and you draft four x of like of like one set kind of.
1: Yeah, I mean that in my opinion is when the formats are the best like for example if we're going to if we're going to talk about good draft formats right like for example um uh things like Cons of Tarkir and from Magic and uh and like uh, and um what is it Innistrad uh mm-hmm. th- 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 those those um those ones and i can think of a couple i remember way back in the day like mirrodin was a super good one for me at least um uh, the, the, these these pa- these these single draft formats that were focused on um that were focused on like a couple of mechanics right were were yeah. the best uh, were the best ones i think um,
2: Yeah. and like right now you know people want like oh i wish we could just do 4x set 12 but the problem is like the way that direwolf releases sets where they don't have reprints and uh they don't even have like a lot of functional reprints and the sets that they release are actually pretty small compared to say like a magic set you know so like uh an eternal set has like 200 a little over 200 cards while most magic sets have uh over 300 cards and those 300 cards include a lot of commons and stuff to like make a good draft experience while uh you know with Eternal you're able to get away with smaller big sets because you have draft packs to fill in the holes in the draft format. And so like I kind of wish they would just sure. like release like set 12 draft packs that include the, the 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 cards you would need from older sets to like fill them out and make them a full set. And then you could just draft 4X of the format. But you know that's wishful thinking and sort of neither here nor there
1: we also like i mean we don't know how how much overhead there is for that kind of thing right i don't know like it's probably pretty hard to look through through the pool and curate exactly what it is that we need you need because when you design i'm sure when you design a set you you, you're designing with previous sets in mind but you want to create a unique experience too and um so the previous cards may not be as as much of a unique experience as what you would need from a new set and things like this. I don't know.
2: Yeah, but you but you're already doing that to some extent because you're drafting the the two X draft packs. Yeah. you know what I mean. So you need to think about previous sets to some extent already. Um, it's just I I find the it's best having... draft
1: format in Eternal was set one. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: by, by by far, it's not even close. It's not even not even close, yeah.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, so I, I think there are definitely issues that, I, I mean, they continue to iterate, and I think they've gotten better. Like, this format has pretty bad draft packs, but actually the previous, you know, like set 12, the first iteration, had better draft packs, and that made, I think when the draft packs are stronger, it makes for a better experience. It makes for at least a less feel-bad experience for, for Wendy Trainwreck
1: yeah see i mean sure you may get into a situation where i i know that the the team draft draft um players uh are are always expounding the virtues of set three right where where uh if you went off the rails you really went off the rails and like uh, you were uh, you had to be extremely good in order to get get to get set up in that format right where you had um you had set three on like the ends and like the middle packs are like set two and uh, set two and set one or something like that. Yes. But um, I just think that it's not as fun. Like, and and fun is really where, uh where you want to be, right? It's, it's going to be, you're still going to have the best drafters win more often than, 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 the, the, the worst, uh, worst drafters in a format where, where the, there's a higher power level. It's yes. just going to happen. Right. So you might as well, uh, opt for the more fun experience which is that that's more more synergy based more fun the higher slightly higher power level format right and like sure some people really like the low power format where every single card could potentially
2: but like that's um yes i I, I don't know for me it's not as fun yeah even my, my my opinion on the matter is like it's not even like whether it's a high power format or a low power format I find formats better when the the band of power level between the worst cards and the best cards is narrower. Sure. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? As compared to like, you can have some formats where it's like the best cards are so much better than the worst cards, and that's like a worse format. It's it's almost like uh, you know two sets. Of, it's like when Auto Tread was just like far and away the best. There were
1: Yeah, you, that card kind was of stupid. <laughs> yeah.
2: And it's just like, oh, it's like if you there was one other really good uncommon in that format too. And it was just like if you had either of these uncommons, your deck was just so much better than every other deck. And it's just like, um, you know, you really need to have I I just like it when yeah, like I said, the power band of good and bad cards is narrower. Let's it's why it.
1: it's so excited yeah, the the talk about the synergy is why I'm so excited about Mercenary Vanguard having actual synergies in this format right like Danger Bot and whatnot. Um, like there's very rare that you actually get synergy in this format where it's actually powerful and, and good and you want to be drafting around it and uh, uh, Mercenary Vanguard yeah. is just a mm, that card <laughs> in this format
2: <laughs> yeah it, it's yeah <clears throat> I, I was on the skip card of the week but your card of the week was mercenary vanguard and i i agree it's that's what i don't <clears throat> didn't understand about the previous iteration of this format is you have a card like danger bot and you know it was broken for the first few weeks of the format where it would just anytime an opponent was damaged it would get plus one attack and then they fixed it and then the card was horrible because there was like no synergy for the card but then this new format there's cards like mercenary vanguard there's nightfall damage there's just like so many cool little synergies with danger bot and you're like why why wasn't this in here from the start like why didn't we make this like these cool synergies for for this card that's (laughs) like in this format to begin with i mean i think this i think the new format like that's one of the the highlights is like oh it's cool like they added nightfall and that synergizes with certain cards that care about you know doing non-combat damage to your opponent and you know and then there's mercenary or like, drawing
1: an, extra, or like drawing an extra card like yeti Cookmaster. like yeah that's pretty good good synergy as well yeah, yeah.
2: so i i so the draft packs do allow that to um, you know th- that's the cool part about drop packs is you can sometimes add these like previous sets that synergize with new mechanics but I wish they did more of it and it was clearer and it felt you know more intentional
1: yeah I, I, w- I wish uh, I like there, there was certain formats where there was like good relic synergies and whatnot for example like the tbs stuff i can't remember what set that was but that was that was kind of cool I, I don't think it ever like got off the ground like you couldn't really like yeah you could do some things with it right but um yeah just little synergies like that right In-built yes energy right?
2: i i agree um all right so we're Go. moving on so We have our uh, long standing data collection project here at Farming Eternal, where we collect seven win uh, decks and post them in a spreadsheet for people to peruse and see what cards are winning, what factions are winning, um, and to get a shout out on the show. So we've had a whole bunch of contributors since we've last done this. Um, So I'd like to thank the new contributors, uh, Three Shad, It's Fiendish, Mail, and the in the indecisive user and Zug Addict, as well as our veteran contributors of Abednego, Abarash, ABUS, Agent Dynamo, Alabzoo, Alex Vieiro, Apricot uh, Soup, Argo Control, Avgots, Beer Broken, Cigar P, Collector, Cotillion, Darth Herman 2, D-Dub, Dwiggy, Fast Cookie, Frappa, Full Robot, uh, Grundle, Gunner116, Hacky, Hats on Lamps, uh, Honky, Iplongno, Jandy, John Holio, Jufin. Uh, Captain Crunch, Krebstar, LM Damasi, Lord Perth, Marcus Gwindle, Matty Oker, Mevers, Mill, Noth, Newer Shadow, <laughs> Old Rich, Patamaro, Filber, Phoenix, Pixel Sorted, Raven Dragon, Sakarnan, SSJ1997, Steve Irwin, Tempest Dragon King, Vickis, W. Antien, and Yam Yam. So A ton of people getting 7-win decks. This is not super recent because it's been a... a, Probably this is like a month of people who've gotten 7-wins. But uh, thank you everyone for contributing. We really appreciate it. It's kind of cool having the community sort of get together and post these 7-win lists lists, and then getting them put in a spreadsheet. So I appreciate everyone who takes the time to do that. If you'd like to do that, you can join our Discord and post them in our 7-win channel or email them to farmingeternal at gmail.com. And as always, thank you to John Folio for entering all the lists. Whew. Nice. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> thank you, Theo, for starting to post a few lists here and there. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah. I always forget, but I I, I try to when I remember. Also, I haven't been getting a ton of 7-win drafts this uh, this format, so we'll, <laughs> maybe once we uh, learn it a bit better.
2: Yeah. So... Well, yeah, let's move on to to this. You know, we we sort of started this podcast with a discussion about whether we're even playing in in the open, uh, which adds a different spin to to this topic. But I guess uh, I I kind of wanted to start by asking you. So, what is your thoughts about having this open? Like, how does this change your prep or how do you think it's going to change your team's prep to have this open be in a draft format that's been out for quite a long time and in some sense sort of like a known entity you know because the previous draft open was also set 12 and then the world championship that you did well at was also uh set 12 um
0: yeah
1: in fact like the previous format like has a lot of similar cards. The one that I I I won the open like has a lot of similar cards, even though it is a different format. Like, but there's a lot of similar cards because the all of set eleven cards are in the set twelve draft. Yeah. So, so, so
2: do you? So how, do you guys? Do you think your team is just gonna do less prep because it's sort of a known entity? Like, how do you think? How does that change how you how you kind of work at it like you guys are going to need fewer drafts to sort of prepare for this format
1: i think the format is different enough that we're probably going to have to practice a little bit more mm-hmm. uh getting up to it um i know for me personally if i were to play um like i i, I need to do a lot more drafts like i I'm, I'm not i'm not in a good place in terms of the draft uh draft format and my understanding of it so I would have to do a ton of drafts. Um, I know that we are doing a ton of drafts. Like, mm-hmm. Pref Frapa, is always doing drafts, right? All right, so doing drafts. Like, Mail's been uh, start, starting to get in there, getting on the ground floor. Other uh, other players, like even GT, you know, 100 did a couple of drafts. Like, uh, yeah, you know, you know, things are getting serious when GT is starting to draft. Um, <clears throat> so no, I don't, I don't think the the prep. It's going to be any different from any normal open, even though it's been uh, like you still got to be, you still want to keep your chops up yeah. there, right? Um, for for a format, and I think more prep is just in general just better. You can over you can over prepare, but um, I I don't think we're in this we're in that moment yet where you're over preparing like 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 you know you're two days before and you're doing like seven drafts a day. That's the, that's probably not not a healthy place to be, but, uh, yeah. Um, but right now I think you can disguise the limit in terms of how much prep.
2: Yeah. It it was interesting. I think maybe this was like for the previous open or the open before that, I know I was listening to the backlash podcast and notorious GHB kind of had like a throwaway comment about how they like between playing and observing had done like a hundred drafts in prep for the open. And I was like that that is a lot that is a lot of drafts to uh to review or look at in like even at a in a month period
1: i would say i'd probably did close to that amount of prep uh for yeah. for, for 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 at least worlds yeah
2: yeah yeah no i i can't it, it's just it's interesting you know because everyone sort of has a different amount of free time and a different amount of drive or ability or things going on and so like i think i play this game like too much but then <laughs> but then uh, you know it's it's just interesting to see what where everyone's at i think or how much prep you know the like the the real sort of tournament grinders the people that are really dedicated to doing well on the competitive scene you know like how much time and effort they actually put into the game is is pretty impressive i think
1: notably I think this goes for any format you're preparing for. I think that you have to have a healthy mix of preparing yourself and and playing yourself, as well as watching and and cons- like either consuming content or, or having a team or, and preparing with them. Like uh, you're you're going to develop habits on your own that you can f- sort of fix if you're if you're watching other players play. So you you do have to play yourself because otherwise you're not going to get the reps in that you need uh mentally to get to get there. But um yeah yeah you have to you have to mix it up you have to mix it up you have to do both i think um that's one thing that i think that people people are like oh well i'm just gonna draft like you know i'm gonna draft like 30 times or whatever right um uh, and and by themselves by themselves no other input right you're you are going to obviously get better because you're going to get play against better opponents and you're, you're, you're going to get, but you're, you're not going to get fast, uh, better fast uh, as fast as well as uh, if you're um in a, like a group call or something by sharing your screen or something like that. I'll always yeah. be, a propon- I'll always be a
2: proponent of that. I know. I, yeah. I think that's one of my leak is too strong of a word, but um you know, cause like doing group drafts or, or screen sharing and drafting together is a thing that I don't do a lot of. It's just really hard for me to figure out how to fit that into my schedule because it's not, it's not very structured. Um, But then I do have the advantage of having like doing this podcast and then being able to talk to like good drafters about drafting and then sometimes like reviewing drafts and stuff a little bit on the, and so like that's, that this podcast ends up being how I get that sort of outside help or outside perspective, um, because in my normal day to day playing, it's mostly me just doing drafts by myself. And so I don't get that outside feedback, even though I really wish I did, because I do think that is far and away the, the best way to improve. So what are your impressions of, of this qu- current format and how it's different from the previous format?
1: Well, we've already talked about the difference in in uh, the four faction deck. Um, mm-hmm. Think that uh, I've seen other people say that Xenon is very very strong. Um, I've had more success with fire decks than than uh, than the time based decks. Although I think that Xenon is very strong, so I think the fire based decks, especially Stone Scar, but uh, Rokano as well. Um, Chrono I've seen Skycrag for example do well although I think that Skycrag is more like a symptom of like you You basically it's almost free to splash right and yeah. like you're mainly a fire deck anyway Um. so yeah I think that a, that aggro is definitely a, a thing a place to be in this format Um, if you want to be and then you have the four faction invoke uh, stuff I don't know there's maybe primal's the worst faction maybe Hmm. It, I haven't really it, thought about it too too much, but
2: yeah, it's tough to describe like what's a worse faction. How how I kind of sort of have it in my head is like the 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 three sets of dra- the, the three styles of decks that I, I'm looking at when I'm drafting in this current format are are one mm-hmm. the like or sort of what you just said, are one there's like these fire based aggro decks that can do really well and so like the draft packs those first packs aren't super strong in fire but you do have a lot of playable two drops you have some playable three drops so you so you can get a curve to begin with there's like uh sort of these hidden stars like mercenary vanguard which we talked about that um synergize with a lot of what uh fire and some other cards are doing um and so like you have these fire-based aggro decks that can just go under opponents who are who stumble to start with, which you can do in this format. Then there's like um, these xenon decks that you mentioned, and that that's not necessarily just xenon, it's like time or shadow-based decks. Um, because I think time and shadow have the best draft packs at Common. You just they added a ton of strong cards into time. They added a bunch of strong cards into shadow and so you you just you can sort of make you know you can make up for power by just having four packs of reasonably good cards I think um with those decks and then there's these like off the wall like four or five faction um invoke decks or even some I've had a couple that didn't even have many invoke cards but just like played uh, you know, all the good cards in four or five factions that have done well also. And so th- those are like the three main categories of decks. It's like whether you're trying to get under people with fire, you're just playing a bunch of good cards uh, in all four packs from time or shadow, or you're sort of going hard on Inscribe and hopefully Invoke and drafting these four, four faction Invoke piles.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um yeah, you get. Uh, they added. um, Obviously, they added nightfall and some of the nightfall. I mean, you're never n- nightfall is never a, a um, mechanic you in general want to build around because in general your opponent's gonna get the the advantage in in a very large amount of scenarios. There there are situations where you yourself have less cards than your opponent and you wanna wanna get the. um you want to get the extra draw, whereas your opponent's like your opponent's on five cards. Uh, most likely their extra their extra card that turn wasn't going to change much of what they were going to play, but uh, your your draw steps probably mattered more. But in general, the fact that they get it first, like you you don't want to build around a mechanic like that in draft. But right. some of the cards are very good, like like the three cost three three. Um, if it comes to five five, the um the Bang Sarasaur, that card's just insane, right? Um. And uh, let's see. Yeah, it is a 5X. Um, 5X common. Um, and a bunch of other, you know, n- Nightfall cards. Like, the, for example, Duskwalker is... That card's uh, completely insane. I don't know. I haven't seen it as often, but maybe I should. But um, may- maybe... Yeah, uh,
2: it is boosted, but it's also an uncommon, so you still don't see it a ton.
1: Yeah, it's boosted 4X. Yeah. It is the most boosted um, uncommon in Xenon, though. I guess. Yeah, and,
2: and when you code. say 4X, it's it's confusing. 4X actually means yeah, exactly. 9, it's 9X. It just yeah. has four stars next to it, which means 9X. And then five stars for Bang sure yeah, means it's 4X 18X. 4X is
1: 12 times. Uh, oh, yeah,
2: sorry, 12. It's, it's yeah. so confusing. So the commons mm-hmm. have three different boostings, which are 18, 9, and 1. And then uncommons have three different boostings, which are 12, 6, and 1. Bang Sarasaur is an 18x card, and uh, it's the highest boosted common. And then um, the Zenin guy is a 12x, uh, which is the highest boosted uncommon range but yeah so the nightfall there's no like particular nightfall synergies it's just like time got really good nightfall cards <laughs> like the bang Sarasaur. it got the uh nocturnal creeper which is also really excellent yeah
1: it's super super card good card yeah
2: um and so it got trailmaker um so time just got a lot of good cards and then shadow got a bunch of good cards uh less uh not all of them not really nightfall i mean extinguish i think is a pretty good card this format um, it also got the Carrot and Steward. So that's what I mean. It's just like time and Xenon really made out like bandits this format. Um, as far as the draft packs go, which is why you can kind of if you lean into those in your draft packs, you can kind of just draft a good deck. But yeah, so yeah, so that's that's been kind of my my experience uh w- with the format is kind of wanting to fall into one of those three categories of decks. So and you've been liking the 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 fire decks
1: a lot yeah I feel like uh, people are passing Mercenary Vanguard a little bit too much probably not after this podcast but whatever um secrets out um let's see that also like I still think Searing Fist and uh and Captain go far too late uh, Captain is just an incredible card It is one of the best comments in the in the format like bar not like both draft pack and and uh and uh and set 12 like it is just so it's, and It feels like it... I don't know. It didn't get better, but like, it, I think fire got better, so that means that captain uh, in general got better in, in that sense. Right. I don't yeah. know why fire got better, though. Probably it, because there's less four-faction invoke car- uh, decks going around, maybe? I don't... I don't know. Maybe I, it just
2: was always good. I You know, my, my kind of opinion of it is that fire got better because... Deck quality got worse overall, and so that allows you to aggro more, people out. Yeah, yeah, aggro people out better because they can't stabilize as well because their decks aren't as good.
1: Yeah, I mean, notably, the time did get that three cost two three ambush. That card's yeah. a very very good way to stall your stall against uh, fire. So that there are some good um, ag- aggressive uh, defense cards. Yeah.
2: Yes. And then fire also just got, there's more just ping damage, you know, like there's more people playing nightfall. So that's doing like two, three, four damage extra per turn. You have like cards like we keep mentioning mercenary Vanguard that get in a couple extra points of damage. So it's just like the reach is not even reach per se, but it's just like people are taking more incidental damage too. And so it just lines up well for fire being able to just like, aggro people out yeah
1: they did get war we did uh fire did get warhorn
2: it did and it got more two drops in um the drop in the draft packs not all of them are great but you know like yeah it used to just be the foot soldier the 3-1 valor but now they have yeti cookmaster they have uh only Warbrush, the two one that buffs all the units yeah. in your hand, um, right? And the the in the two one that plays a one one, which gives you you know two bodies for two, which can be helpful with cards like Captain and stuff. So it it you know there's no like wow that card's awesome kind of cards, but there's enough cards that you can just get there with Fire. Yeah. Sorry. Um. Yeah. Cool. So, I, you know, I think that's, you know, just a brief overview of like how we're viewing the format. I was wondering if you wanted to just like review some of a draft I did today and we'll just kind of that'll give us an opportunity to talk about a few cards. Yeah, sure. Uh, I, I have it brought up. This is a pack one. And remember, this is the draft packs. And so cards of contention. Um, the rare is Savagery, which is the one primal, primal, primal give uh. Give a unit killer an Overwhelm, which is pretty hard to cast. So that's kind of off the table for me as a pack one, pick one. Um, but then yeah. some okay uncommons. Uh, there's Stormwatch Cavalry, which is the four Justice 2-2. Two two, and you give a unit uh, storm costs, Stormwatch Cavalry's uh, attack and health. Crownwatch Cavalry. Crown, sorry, Crownwatch Cavalry uh, yeah. on summon. There is the Shockwave Elemental, which is the uh, 3-Primal 4-2 with Stealth, and when a unit blocks it, it stuns that unit. And then there's Thunderbird, which is the 3-Primal 2-2 Flying Aegis uh, Bird. And then as far as commons that are are good, there's Entrapment, there's Lurking Brute, there's Mercenary Vanguard, and I guess uh, maybe Silverblade Reaper, though I think that's much worse than the other cards. Uh, so, what do you think out of this pack?
1: So, I mean, I already looked at what you picked, which is a uh, unfortunate. Uh, but uh, I would have picked Mercenary Vanguard out of this pack. Okay. Like no joke. <laughs> no, yeah, no joke. Not- I think it's uh, it's just really powerful. N- notably, one thing that is that Rooted Observer, while I think that it was very strong in the previous format, I think it's not as strong. I don't think the 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 um the stealth units are weighted as highly,
2: right? is that, is that it, true? It's not that they they did lose some of them are weighted less highly, but it's actually just mostly a function of more cards now are weighted highly so it's just it's like dilute it's diluted not because they lost their weighting but just because there's more cards at that weight now
1: I felt like observer in the previous one it was like a cheat code um yes yeah, you 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 almost could get it almost every single time a good stealth stealth deck right? Whereas yes. in this format, it's it's just not going to happen. You're yeah, not it's get
2: it it's very hard to get a, the critical mass of stealth units. I agree, um, and I think again I, that's because how they changed the draft packs in this new iteration it was additive. They just like added a bunch more cards to it, and so all, all these like synergies that you relied on. Uh, like drafting stealth units uh sort of disappeared because you just can't get the critical mass of them anymore, yeah um yeah, so yes, yeah, so you would take in vanguard, I took the crown watch cavalry i mean i i think i that's solid for sure,
0: it's solid
1: yeah. for sure and and in a different format, um like the previous format without like danger bots and things like this right um uh and other i don't know. Yeah. Yeah,
0: there I think.
2: Other,
1: but there, there, there are other synergies going on with the Mercenary Vanguard um, in this format, other than Dangerbot. So, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, I think, yeah, one of the cute things with Crown Watch Cavalry is it does synergize a little bit with, like, revenge units and stuff. So, I think that's kind of. Okay, cool. that's true. That's true. Um, all right. So, yeah. again, I picked Crown Watch Cavalry. You would have been on the Fire Train. So, I think this might change what you would have picked in this one, too. Um, or probably not, I guess. Uh, no, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, pick two uh, cards in contention. Uh, the person had taken the rare out. Of, there's the rare is missing. But as far as the uncommon goes, there's Orange Jailer in Justice. Uh, there's also uh, Attend the Flock and a Stalking Assassin. Uh, much weaker cards than Orange Jailer. Um, as far as commons go. Uh, Fire does have a couple good ones in Rampaging Commando and Torch. And then Justice has a Workshop Tinker. And I think those are kind of the commons of note too. So probably, I would guess, an easy orange Jailer, right?
1: Yeah, it's just a nearly bomb level status. You know what I've had a few times right now? Um, Is that I think that... People are not taking jailers as highly as what they should for some reason. I have <laughs> yeah. no idea. Like, I've had multiple jailer decks, like, almost consistently, even though I I still, my last deck still only went like 2 3 or 3 3 with the double orange jailer. I got, I got screwed over a little bit. An opponent, uh, drew a one cost, uh, what's the, what's the 7 4 flying dragon, Sindok or whatever? Yeah. Oh, my God. Jeez. <laughs> oh, off an invoke. It wrong turn me and got that it was disgusting i can't even mat- like yeah that, that
2: so can weird. happen i uh, that can just happen where you think <laughs> a deck is really sweet and then it's just like you get run over and you're like oh that happened to yeah. me i i had a a double yadra Eadria deck and uh that went three, three 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 i think but i did get to one game i played a turn four Eadria. My opponent killed it, and then I played a turn five. Yeah, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and that made it worth <laughs> worth it. Um,
1: I'd be so tilted if I was your opponent. But yeah, anyway, notably, if I, if uh, obviously Crown Watch Cavalry was what you t- took in the first pack, and you did take it, um, and that makes Orange Jailer like the number, like a you you can't you can't even look at the torch right yeah. but if you if you do draft the um mercenary vanguard um the the torch is it looks a little more more appealing, appealing but i yeah. but i still think it's the jailer
2: yeah and then pe- pick 3 we're missing two yeah. uncommons the rare is no. burglarize which is uh i think not really playable uh the other uncommon left is plague which is the three shadow uh, spell enemy units get minus one minus one so that's pretty strong uh in justice the two commons that are left are genius combatant and detain uh and then other strong cards i think are uh, in time is bang sarasaur
1: uh, here i would probably take since you took the orange Jailer and the cromwich cavalry right we had two justice cards I, w- I would take the plague i would take the plague Plague is the strongest card in the pack, and we don't know where we're going to go. And I I know that Combatant fits well into the plan. You can stay more open, quote-unquote, and Bang Sarasaur is also fairly powerful, but uh, Plague is just head and shoulders the best card in the pack, so I would just take it this early.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I I can see that. I I actually took the Bang Sarasaur mostly because that card has just been an absolute house (laughs) for me. It's true. Yeah, it is very good. It's, I've had a couple drafts where I was able to go like turn three, bang Sarasaur, turn four, another bang Sarasaur, and it is so hard to lose those games. Um, and so I, bang Sarasaur is, is really high up my pick order. So Plague, I think, is a very powerful card, but, um, I kind of just went with the unit also because for me, some of the best cards in set twelve are like you can just end up with a lot of spells. And so it's it's I've had a lot of drafts where units has been sort of my bottleneck. And um so I took bang Sarasaur sort of there. Though I, I okay. think plague is also definitely a possibility.
1: And you, so you got-
2: you got rewarded in the next pack. I did, I did get rewarded <laughs> in the next pack. Um, so pick four. Uh, cards in contention. There's The rare is still there. It's Auric or- Vigilante, mm-hmm. which is uh, the two Argent port 1-1 one, one revenge. When Auric Vigilante attacks, she gets plus one attack. Uh, I don't know if this is a particularly good card. I, I think... Um, I know it has revenge, but it feels like the newer revenge cards, the, even the newer common revenge cards are more powerful than this card that it doesn't seem worth taking an early flyer on a, a dual faction card of its power level.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't like I don't think Orin or vigilante is very good. Yeah. But is there fu- any minotaur synergy? Are there any minotaur synergies? Uh,
2: <laughs> I don't even know if there is. Oh, Gorehorn, Gorehorn,
1: right? Yeah. Like if you had like a Gorehorn, well, maybe you'd take the word Jelenti, yeah. an button. I don't but, think so.
2: Yeah, exactly. And then the other uncommon, the uncommon left is Gloves of the Pyromancer, the two fire, three one <laughs> weapon with fake transform uh, the bottom card of your deck into a Praxis Outlaw. And then as far as the commons go, in fire, there's also uh, Magma Javelin taking grenadin. In Justice, there's Copperhole Marshall. Um, and then in Time, there's a Trailmaker. And so for me, with my draft with the Orange Jailer, Bang, Sarasaur, and Crown Watch Cavalry, I just took the Trailmaker here.
1: Yeah, it was an easy trailmaker. Um if I was if I was in your seat, I probably would have taken the gloves here, but uh, Right. Because, because I I had taken the Mercenary Vanguard earlier, but I don't know. Uh, so yeah, I mean, obviously, the Trailmaker is the best card in the pack. Um, so it was just uh, good, uh, good to pick up the Bangers and the Peters back into that. But
2: y- yeah, it's interesting because you would have been um in an interesting spot because you would have taken you know Vanguard, Jailer, Plague, and then you would have come into this pack with you know, so the trail maker yeah. would be a fourth color. So it's, you know, it's, I think a little bit more of a complicated pick, uh, if, if, in your seat.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think I would have taken gloves. Like I said,
2: I would have probably taken the gloves in that seat. And then, and then you uh, would have been rewarded in this next pack. So The tables have turned. Ah, oh.
1: yes. I, I see that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, uh, pick five, uh, cards of contention. There's three uncommons left. Uh, There's Call the Deck, which is the draw one from the top three in Shadow. There's Rebel Illuminator, which is the four fire, three one, um, with Entomb, Create, and Draw a Torch. And then there's uh, Moonlight Huntress, which is the six primal, primal, two, two, uh, flying, plus three, plus three at night, summon Nightfall uh, card. And then as far as um, commons that are in contention for me, Uh, There's a Humbug Next and Inquisitive Alchemist. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, it would have been pretty easy for me to take the Rebel Illuminator. Notably, there's that uh, the Huntress is your whatever card of the week. Um, Yes. uh, Which is um, because of uh, Northern Polarity.
2: Yeah, uh, we actually... we actually didn't talk about it on the podcast, but this was going to be my card of the week if we had fully done the segment, where um, I showed like a, a quote-unquote bad pack one, pick one, and uh, there was a Moonlight Huntress in the deck, and then I took a Mercenary Vanguard over it, and uh, Northern Polarity on the main Discord said that they thought that Moonlight Huntress had the higher upside, and and that pack one, pick one, I should pick that, because you know, then I could draft nightfall cards in mind. And then no matter what, you sort of get a 5-5 five, five for two turns, a 6-cost 5-5 five, five for two turns. So it's it can be a, a pretty good finisher. But I just, I cannot bring myself to put a 6-cost double primal 2-2 two, two <laughs> into my deck. I just feel like you're going to lose a lot of games if that's your turn yeah. 6.
1: I mean, even if you you get to do it for another turn, let's say, right? I don't think you can k- keep it up forever, clearly, yeah. right? But like, if you get it for like not just one turn, but two turns, right? Um, uh, of Nightfall, I still <laughs> think I would take the Mercy Sky Vanguard over it. It's just so it's so busted. I've seen it do so many things in this format.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. So I think for you, like with the way your draft was going, uh, you know, Rebel Illuminator is a pretty obvious pick. So what do you think about me? So I have uh, right. two time cards, Trailmaker, Bang, Sarasaur, two Justice cards, Orangella, Watch Cavalry. So they're both they're all four of those are pretty good cards. And then in the commons, you know, like there's the Humbug Nest and the Inquisitive Alchemist. Um so what do you think you do in this situation?
1: I would probably take the humbug nest yeah. to lower the curve a little more. Like I don't think alchemist is that strong, right? Like it's it, it's okay. Uh, I, it's certainly it's certainly I wouldn't be sad about taking taking uh, an alchemist here, um, but I think humbug nest is slightly better and also
2: more easier on your curve yeah it is though it is double time, which always makes humbugness a little tricky because you need to commit a little harder to time to, to play it well on curve. Alchemist oh. is funny. everyone talks about it like it's like eh, it's okay or whatever and but man, I just it feels so bad to kill your opponent's five cost stealth unit and then it be an alchemist and then you know you have like more problems coming in the future
1: yeah it's 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 a decent card i i wouldn't like i said i wouldn't be sad about taking that card but i i would take humbug nest now i see (laughs) (laughs) you you went a little spicy with this pick
2: yes i actually took the rebel illuminator and that is because i've been trying to be very disciplined in just taking the best card unless if if they're really close in power level, I will take the card that's like quote unquote on color, but I'm I am very much like I talked about last episode, a believer in letting set 12 dictate where my draft is going and so just keep taking the powerful cards.
1: Okay, that's fair. That's fair enough. I I I don't fault you for taking the Rebel Illuminator there. It is the best card in the pack. So
2: All right. So then uh now now we're getting closer to our usual experience in these uh draft packs. Uh pick 6. Uh cards in contention. There in shadow there's a cripple, uh in just there's no time cards, in justice there's a Roto Smith which is the three cost 2 2 power gain uh in armor uh and then the next and there's also a xenon Banner here. So I took the xenon Banner. I'm just wondering what do you,
1: yeah. There's no other card in the pack. I, the the banner is the only thing. Like, uh, you might not play the rebel illuminator. You could easily splash for something like with a with a with the news drop. You could splash for I don't know something like a stolen og in the next pack. Like this, just yeah, yeah. that's a good. Yeah. I wonder if Roto Smith is you know secretly okay in this format. Like there is a small uh weapons like relic weapons theme, but i don't know
2: It's probably there, too early to there on that. is my big problem with the with yeah. it is that a lot of the wep- well the main weapon that i feel like i end up with a lot of is rune sword and since it's a seven cost weapon it's like so hard to play a rotosmith and then keep that armor up to right. the point where you're playing a seven drop
1: yeah and the other weapon is like um you know, things like stones, sc- the, the, uh, the bow, um, yeah. Stonebreaker bow. Uh, it's the end, like getting a uh, armor to that isn't like super important. Um, the, uh, that often. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. All right. And then, um, then, uh, pick seven, uh, and this will be the last one we do for this uh, pack, is uh, cards in contention. Um, there's one uncommon left, that's the Umbral Edge weapon, which is the four Shadow Shadow, 2-2, two, two, and power plus one plus one. Uh, there's also an Omnivorous warlong, a staunch and a Staunch Protector. Uh, and then there's no real... The fire cards are like an unpredictable outlaw. Um,
1: and Soldier and Smithing? Yeah. Um actually don't know which is better between Vorlunk and Protector. I have to look at the I would have to look at the format to see if uh, the um, the Vorlunk is is, I mean it's a solid card, but I don't know how good it is in relation to the format, where Staunch Protector I've always found pretty good.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, just, I took the Vorlunk, I personally like the Vorlunk quite a bit. I don't <laughs> I don't know how strong it actually is but it, it kind of gives time like some bit of interaction and then also I don't know, the, the overwhelm sometimes randomly comes comes into into play where you just like yeah. oh do two points of damage by killing a
1: and also one or something. And yeah. also sometimes splash like a triumphant return and uh, yeah yeah that's just um, not real that's not real um when that happens <laughs>
2: yeah so uh, so I I've been liking the Vorlunk so that's what uh, that's what I took in this pack
1: yeah um, I think I would have taken the Vorlunk as well I I might have taken the Vorlunk to spec spec on it like as in not not spec on it but like a like figure out the feel of that card because I I know we're protect where staunch protector um. It- Stands for me, right? Whereas I don't actually know where Vorlink stands for me in this format.
2: Yeah, and then uh, I in the next pack I was able to pick up a Steadfast Paladin as another justice card, and then it was just like random junk <laughs> for the okay. rest of of the picks. I do but, uh, uh,
1: I do like Steadfast Paladin in this yeah. format.
2: Yeah, so. and then the the only other comment I want to make about drafting this format is kind of like how I took this. Rebel Illuminator just is the most powerful card in the pack. I do think you want to, t- even when you're in the the dreg- dregs of of pack one, you do want to keep things like that in mind. Like, I I like I don't like I took an unpredictable outlaw over a justice card like pick ten just because the justice card was never it was just like one of the, a stupid spell or something that was never going to make my deck. But, like, there is a world where I do play fire, and so Unpredictable Outlaw is not a great card, but it is an on-curve It's a low-curve card, and so you just might as well take it. And I did that with a Primal card, too, where I just took the Primal 2-drop in a pack where there was, I was like, a, a, a time card that I never wanted to make my deck. Um, you know, so I think you can sort of protect yourself a little bit in these pack ones by... By not just being like, oh, I'm definitely time and, and and justice. I'm just gonna take all the time and justice cards, even though they're cards I know will not make my deck. In that you can sort of diversify even in these like sort of these last three or four picks.
1: Sure. But one thing I will note is that, and I wish they would release a, at least like a little bit tidbit of how well the algorithm is working because I feel like. Feel like potentially the algorithm isn't working uh, working that well, um, but um, and it's not it's not released information like this is information from a very long time ago in like an article or like a or a or a stream and things like that from de- from the developers. Um, but that, that if you pick cards that are like if you start like picking like a bunch of like time cards right at this point, even though. The, the, they were bad time cards it would try to get you somebody in the packs two and three that is not in that color right it would try to do that it, it tries to pull the algorithm i don't know how well it works to be honest to, it feels random to me but like but th- that is that is something to keep in mind that there yeah. is there is an algorithm
2: yes i give that very little weight so like i know that that is theoretically possible. But I, like you said, find what, what the signals that the algorithm supposedly picks up is seems to be so random that it's not, for me not worth giving thought to. Um, it might
1: even be that the algorithm is not working because people rare draft a lot too, right? Yeah, things
2: like this. Like exactly. Yeah. All right. So, like I said, I so I ended up with. Um, out of pack one, with some very good cards. Uh, you know, the core cards being uh, those early, those first six picks in uh, time and sorry, in time and justice. The trailmaker, orange jailer, Sarasaur, or crownwatch cavalry. I then also picked up a rebel illuminator, a Xena banner, and then the steadfast paladin. Um, so that's what I'm sort of looking at going into pack two. Uh, the pack two uh, cards of contention, there was a, um, in there was a kickflip monk. There was a beta ceratosaur, and then in fire there was like a searing fist and a coldaren captain, and sort of the rest of the cards weren't particularly great or enough to go into different colors for me. Um, so what do you, what do you think here? <laughs>
1: I would have continued to get rewarded with my Calderon Captain pick, but, uh, <laughs> or, or Searing Fist, I suppose. I don't actually know. So, uh, it's like, on any given day, I change my pick order between Searing Fist and Calderon Captain. Like, <laughs> I, just, I, I don't actually know which one's better. It, it, it does depend on context of your deck, um, and, and things like that, but, um, but anyway, uh, you, uh, in this particular deck, I think that um, Kickflip Monk is probably the better card between that and uh, the Carnosaur.
0: Um,
1: yeah, it's you
2: know, it's tough. They're both really good cards. I just like you know that old adage like when when you're not sure, take the cheaper card. The cheaper card. Yeah. Yeah. And so I,
1: yeah, that that's what I would. That's what that's my. I, I'd like to keep the curve low. Yeah, it looks like the curve is is actually pretty good on this deck so far. So, uh, you'd like to keep it that way? I think we'd like to keep it that way. For yeah, sure,
2: exactly. All right, so I did take the kickflip monk. Um, then, uh, pick two uh, cards of contention. Um, at the uncommon slot, the rare was taken out of this pack, and then the uncommon slot, there's a midnight disappearance. That is the Xenon Invoke card. It gives a unit minus two, minus one, bounces to the hand, and then invokes Xenon. There's an Arcanum Seeker, the two times zero four with Overwhelm, and then it gains plus four attack if you gained life. There's a Bang. Um, that I don't even know where, where he's a Sheriff, but he's a Sheriff of some type. He's the four Firefire, three, three, that summon play a random weapon, and then you take debt equal to its cost. Um, as far as justice goes, there is a Ruined Sword and a Star Kissed Wings. Um.
1: Hmm. This is tough. You have no synergies yet for the Arcanum Seeker. It is the most powerful card in the pack. If you manage to pick up, like, let's say, three pieces of life gain. Um, yeah. Let, uh, Sometimes I've run Arcane Seeker on two pieces of life gain, like on the off chance that I get it. But like, there's the two cost two two that gains two, and we didn't see any. But that uh, that that card with the with Valor in in pack four, yeah. the, the, like th- those cards are still still there. I think, hmm. You no, know I would take the Arcane Seeker.
2: Okay, yeah, that's interesting. I've had uh, some. Sh- I'm- Arcanum Seeker is one of those cards where it's really scary to face. I've struggled to <laughs> proc it, or like okay. you know, I take take a speculative one, and then I just don't get their uh, life gain. Because uh, like in time, really, the only way to do that is, uh, or I guess there's Monk, and then there's Monk that very good, yep. and there's the two two that you're talking about. But even Monk,
1: like you get life steal off of um off of the student well um alchemy student
2: yes yeah in other colors there's definitely ways and the, there's like the inch sh- shadow and justice have a couple ways for life gain but like with arcanum seeker if you're get you're getting the plus four attack by the time you pay 11 for your monk like are you really <laughs> like are you really doing it or that just seems like a really expensive way to get a two cost four four
1: Sure. Um, It just feels like a, your your deck is ex, uh, falls in the category of aggressive, and I wanted to keep it that way. Yeah. It could very well be the wings, right? Like, the wings, or even the Midnight Disappearance if you want to get... Uh,
2: yeah, and that's actually what I, what I did, because I have the Xenon banner, and so right. I, I did take the Midnight Disappearance. Uh, I, for me, it was really between the Midnight Disappearance or the wings with the, you know, the wings being maybe quote unquote slightly more disciplined because I do I I have some justice cards that I do really want to play. Um but again I'm just I I'm not uncomfortable playing these four color uh invoke piles anymore. And so I I don't mind taking a ah. speculative invoke card. Oh uh-huh, uh-huh, we got there for you. <laughs> yeah it's weird. I it's funny. I had so I struggled so much with these these decks. In the first iteration of the format where everyone was saying it was easy to do. And then in this format where everyone's like it's not worth doing, I've been having a lot more success with it. So I don't know if it's just like the the like eternal contrarian in me. <laughs> that causes Maybe I'm just
1: it. wrong. Maybe I'm just wrong about I, the But about a lot of people exactly. are
2: on your opinion, you know, like Northern Polarity, the boxers piped up in the main Discord um the, about
1: the, b- boxer and Northern Polarity just hate those four faction decks though, really yeah like the i i i respect their opinion for sure but uh the boxer like uh, was very against the four faction deck the contracture s was that was in general against it right um and then northern polarity like when i first started mentioning like these decks were good um northern polarity was very against it uh uh I haven't talked to Northern Polarity in a while on that kind of on that front, uh, but uh, when I first started mentioning it, like uh, he was very against it, and I was like, eh, maybe, maybe there's something here,
2: right? Like, yeah. yeah. Well, he he is, I don't think he has moved on, on that <laughs> opinion yet. Um, okay. So this we're we're gonna stop doing this eventually. But like, what what do you think about your deck where you've drafted a bunch of fire cards? You pick Searing Fist in that first pack. Um, do you take a bang here, or, or are um, you just a little disappointed in this pack?
1: I, I wouldn't be disappointed in this pack. the the, the um the starkest starkest wings is also right pretty good, pretty good. Um, I I, I find wings to be very very strong, especially in uh, aggressive decks. Um, to finish off the game. Um. I don't know what I'd take honestly between wings and bang because I've had some less than spectacular success with bang but I also find it really fun especially when you get like a you get like a spicy weapon and then it dies and then you get it back with like forge smith and things like this like uh, it's pretty Yeah it's pretty it's pretty good in that in that regards and I might just take I might have just it depends on like if I'm in worlds or the open um <laughs> I would probably take Starkest wings but I might the play bang in a more uh, casual setting
2: yeah no I, i understand that totally that's how i kind of feel with this like midnight disappearance pick and what's making me like a little like unsure of of what i'm doing in this format is that i'm like at an open you know you talked about this when you were last on too you're like oh geez it's worlds like am I really taking this, like, third or fourth faction card? And I kind of feel the same. Like, like it feels irresponsible, but it is also what I'm doing best with. So, like, I feel like I should just, like, believe in myself and believe in these four faction decks. But part of it is, like, all of our training or, you know, all of everything we've ever learned about drafts that it's, like, irresponsible and you really shouldn't do it. But then, you are know, like, so it's it's a little confusing to me about what's the best way to to approach every format
1: it. every format's different right if you found yeah. a strategy that works that like a very large percentage of the time like you, you should go with the most winning strategy and that's what i did at worlds right is that i went with the strategy that i was you know very confident in and uh and you know don't 1 to 1 it wasn't actually as good as what like the deck wasn't actually a two-one deck in my opinion. I just got a little uh, lucky, but yeah. D- d- but yeah, d- d- you're you're right. There was there was a moment in which I I passed a midnight disappearance. That was a specific card too, There's midnight disappearance. Um, and I passed it like thinking like it's worlds. Like man, like am I really doing this? And then if I had taken the midnight disappearance, I would have just had two midnight disappearances.
2: <laughs> yeah, because exactly. at the end
1: I just drafted four faction anyway, right? <laughs>
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. And so then uh there's a couple more interesting picks I want to go through and then we'll kind of wrap the show up here. Um so then yeah. this is uh pick three, pack two, uh cards in contention. Uh in fire there's a, a a few good cards. There's the sear another searing fist, there's a hoof stomp. Um there's also in primal, which we don't have really anything of, there's a chloric mix still here. Uh If Shadow, there's a Cabal Embezzler, there are no good time or justice cards that are worth talking about. But there are also two tomes. There's the Stonescar Tome and the Huru Tome. So looking at my deck, what do you... Because I I know you just snap-picked the Searing Fist, so what do you think in my seat we should be doing here?
1: (laughs) That's tough, because like I think both tomes are not exactly what you wanna be um in. <laughs> but I think that the Stone Scar tome is actually not too too bad if you like decide to keep the Rebel Illuminator. Yeah, and, and the Midnight
2: and, Disappearance. Yeah. And, and that's actually uh that is what I took. I did I was like really hemming and hawing. Uh you know the even though I didn't have a good um primal card, you know, the Huru tome, it's just like you get Kuru just has, like, a lot of good cards, so I'm always, Actually, like, yeah, happy to, to spec on that one. But with with having a fire card and a shadow card that I'd be happy to splash, I just took the Stone Scarred Tome, even though it's, like, neither of my, quote-unquote, main colors.
1: Yeah, it's always weird to have a double-off color slash, but I guess I guess uh, in that vein, you, you do get both of the colors at once, so, you know, you don't have to worry about it anymore. I I don't know. It's I I still don't like that particular tome in your deck, but it, it, I think I think it probably has to be the pick, right? Yeah. All
2: yeah. right. And then this uh, next pick uh, cards in contention. There's uh, the warrior monk in time. There's also a lost in thought as the time inscribe card. There's no justice uh, in this pack at all. Um, there's. Uh, there's a bullseye and a hoof stomp and fire. Then in primal, uh, there's the stone pe- snow peak eagle and a trick throw. There's a disarm if we'd taken like the huru uh, tome. And then in uh, shadow, there's a midnight hunter.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably just a warrior monk, right?
2: Yeah, and that's what I took. I just took the warrior monk. Uh, you know, I still my time cards are still the best cards, so. Um, yeah.
1: Uh, also, I, I if if I uh, if you'd taken the arcane of the secret, that's that's a uh, life gain number one, right? Yeah. I, I know that you uh, monk isn't like where you want to be on the life gain from it, but it it, w- it would have been
2: uh, yes, life gain number one. I I uh, agree. Um. Yeah. All right, this is kind of an interesting uh, uh pick, and then I think we'll we'll close it down here. Um, okay. So this is a uh, pick five. Uh, cards in contention. The rare is still here. That's trials and tribulations. Uh, that is the two cost Elysian spell that deals two damage to each unit, and then any units, your units that survive get plus one plus one. There's a Rambas challenge, which is the two praxis um, invoke card. It gives one of your units uh, plus two plus two attack and invulnerable to damage uh, this turn. And then uh, the other time card in the pack is Lost in Thought, the, uh, the Inscribe Bounce. There's a Hoof Stomp and Fire. And then there's a couple good Shadow cards left in Midnight Hunter. Um, there's a Rune Binder, an Ice Over, and a Primal invo- Inscribe. So what do you think about this pack?
1: This is a tough pack, to be honest. Um, I don't like Ramba's Challenge. Um I know that other people are a little higher on Rambo's challenge. I think that's the only evoke card that I don't take that highly. Um, yep. Lost in thought is an inscribed card, and you have none of those yet, so that's definitely. Oh no, sorry, you have kickflip them all. Um and uh, indifference is um pretty good to be honest. Uh, I'd probably take Lost in thought though.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I I can definitely see that. I I went with the spicy pick and I just took Ramba's challenge. It's not oh, nice.
1: Okay. It,
2: it's not the best invoke it's the worst invoke card. Let's Yeah, let's be real. It's the worst invoke card, but it is still invoke and I am it's done okay in this deck <laughs> so, so far. So, yeah. So it's okay, so
1: done okay in this format? Okay. Uh,
2: yeah. Well, next- at least I I don't play it very often, but in this deck I've been playing it, um, because I got a second one, and so I'm playing two Rompus Challenges in this deck. Oh, okay, okay. And it's just like, on an Overwhelm unit or something, or um, I guess not in this deck. I I did have a a four-faction deck uh, earlier this week where I just kept playing Runebinder and then playing Rompus Challenge on it, and it's like not a great play but you get to invoke you get three lifesteal damage because they definitely can't block it um and it it ended up being like okay and so i've kind of warmed up a little bit to ramba's challenge Um, okay no i'm not saying it's great it's definitely by far the worst invoke card but if that's what you're if you if you're feeling like invoke is just so powerful that it's worth Doing then it's pretty good, and like we were talking about with this format being lower power level, um, I found that even the worst invoke cards can help you get, you know, fill holes in your deck of which are lack of playables.
1: Okay, um, okay, I'll have to I'll have to think about that in my future picks, like to 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 test out Rama's challenge in this format.
2: Um, yeah, the the thing that doesn't work well in are those like invoke piles where you're just like 15 removal spells or invoke spells and you you don't have that many units because you do need a unit on the board to play it so it you know it, it is a little bit it's not like midnight disappearance or augmentation where you can just like um you know you can just use them as removal spells so it you know it, it's it's definitely narrower but it hasn't been horrible for me personally
1: yeah, you can definitely uh you can definitely find situations where Ramba's challenge is good i'm assuming
2: yeah and then so what happened with the rest of the draft i was able to pick up like uh, eavesdrop next pack to give me some more uh shadow fixing for my midnight uh-huh. disappearance i picked up like i said another Ramba's challenge uh fire was kind of open in packs two and three so i saw a lot of hoof stops a lot of searing's uh, Searing Fists, a lot of Calderon captains that I didn't really pick up a ton of, um, but they were there. And Justice was not open at all, uh, really. And so I ended up with this kind of like four faction pile again um, okay. at the end of the draft here. So um, I'm mainly Combray uh, due to due to pack one, actually, where I got a lot of strong Com. Break cards. Uh but I also got three bang Sarasaur. I love that card. That uh, <laughs> that adds a lot of power to a deck. So, you know, like I have Kickflip monk Dead Paladin, Trailmaker, Urza Squadron, Workshop Tinker is my two drops. I also have a Jeering Yeti and Fire as an inscribed card or two drop. Three bang Sarasaur, Concealed Veteran, Omnivorous Four Lunk is my three drops, uh, Crown Watch Cavalry. I'm uh, playing the Rebel Illuminator. I'm playing an Amaran Archaeologist and then a Thunderwing and a Warrior Monk. So I was kind of short on playables. So normally, like, Thunderwing is not a card I want to splash, but I just wanted another unit. And it's like fine as a, a quote unquote finisher.
1: Um, I'm playing. Normally, I don't play Chakram's Throw, for example. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. (laughs) I I don't normally play that card either. Uh, In attachments, I have a Stonebreaker Bow, Star Kiss Wings. Again, Stonebreaker Bow is not the best in this deck because it's like both of my off colors. But again, it's kind of like pseudo removal, and I just needed a playable uh, because Pack Four wasn't super kind to me. So I was just a little short on playables, despite being four factions. then in my spell suite, I have a, a Dismantle, a Sviatia's Decree, a Draconic Looting, and an Eavesdrop is sort of my uh, inscribe cards. I have a Defend the Treasury of two Rombas challenge, a Hoof Stomp, and uh, a Midnight Disappearance, and then an Unfortunate Chakram Throw. And then I'm playing 16 power, uh, one to help with sources, and again, I was just like, I cut... Uh, nascent wisp the three time time two one flying charge as just so low impactful that i'd rather i'd rather play my powerful cards than play a double time crappy three drop
1: yeah for sure um that's something that i noticed that uh nobody ever does or thinks about uh or, or or doesn't think about often enough let's say um is uh if you are missing sources potentially you need to run uh, even though you might still have, like, enough inscribe in order to run 15 power, you're, if you're fine on actual amount of power, Uh, you still need, if you need an extra source, like, just add in an extra source. Like, it's it's fine, right?
2: Yes. Uh, yeah, the difference between 15 uh, and 16 power is not that great. Obviously, it's better to have 15 power like uh, on the percentage point, like if you if you have your sources, that 15 power than 16 power because you have more playables in your deck. But yeah, also especially
1: since your your mulliganed hand is not going to matter how
2: much actual power you have in your deck. Yeah. So
1: that's a that's a
2: thing. But also <laughs> if you have enough invoke cards, this is one of the powers of invoke is you're getting card advantage, and that can make up for having extra power in your deck. It can make up a little bit for not having a ton of powerful cards in your deck because you're just you're you just end up being up on cards even if even if you don't invoke a bomb you know um and so i think that's one of the power of the invoke cards in this format yeah yeah
1: so all of that yeah now, together it's just yeah now, sometimes sometimes you need to run a 16th power you know
2: yeah and, uh, so yeah, so the, again, this is how I, I kind of ended up in this four faction deck. I'm currently two one with the deck. Um, you know, I honestly, even with these four faction decks, I like to be like, like you were talking about, uh, in the previous episode, like two solid colors. And so this is really like a Cambrai aggro deck with some splashed sort of top end and some splashed boat carts. um, and so, you know, I'm still, I'm mostly winning games by playing like Urza squadron into bang Sarasaur. Uh, we'll just win you a lot of games in this format.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: All right. Yeah. Well, 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 thanks for coming on the show uh, again, Theo. I really appreciate it. And, uh, reviewing this draft with me. Um,
1: no problem. No problem.
2: <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you're a busy man. Now you're doing the TNE. and um, commentating i was that oh, was the first week of that.
1: Remind, don't even remind i was so i was i wasn't under the weather i was uh like i just didn't get any sleep that night and uh it showed in my commentary i uh, will we'll we'll do better next time uh or maybe we won't i don't know i if i'm if, I, if my sleep schedule is as bad as it was uh then we won't but uh i'll, I'll, I'll try to get some sleep before i do that uh been weighing on me a little bit but you know i i, I understand the, the the issues uh in the commentary <laughs> uh, well
2: i think you know i mean it, it's a it's a tough job and it's it's a i think a job that you definitely get better with as you do more and more of it so you know i, 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 I would I
1: have i do have experience with it uh but uh, at the same time yeah a little bit more to if if I'm going to be doing this more regularly, then yeah, I I, I definitely should yeah get more practice yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think it had much to do with that though. Um, I think it had a lot to do with the fact that I was uh asleep most of the time. Um, but Ilya <laughs> carried me and I and uh I will and um I'll be producing in a couple of weeks, so you won't you won't hear me for a little while at least. Um, okay. Maybe. All next right. month
2: i'll be back though cool well anyway those those are happening the D&Es are happening it's another option to uh, get qualified with world and it's cool that there's like again a, a weekly community run tournament series so i'm glad those are back yeah all right so i think that's our show so thanks again to all our patrons for making the show a success and your continued support a reminder to those who are not patrons you can give us a five-star rating, and review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. You can join us in our Discord. There's a link in the uh, show description. And finally, a thumbs up all of Raven Dragon's Reddit posts about the show. That helps spread the word. And don't forget to send in all your 7-1 deck lists you do this week to farmingeternal at gmail.com. Cool. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you.